Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Intentional Living series, which talks about approaching every day with purpose. It is our hope that this series would help you in your walk with God. Please let us know how God has impacted you through these messages. Have you ever made a bad decision? How many say, yeah, I've made a bad decision? Well, join the crowd. I think when I think of this, I think I might have told this before, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it again because it's one of the bad decisions of my life. Um, Judy's not here. It's not her, so I don't think that. <laughs> one of the bad decisions of my life. When I was a kid, when I was young, I'd come home from school, and I would watch. We had the old black and white TV, and I'd turn on Superman. How many remember Superman? And he could... Uh, Leap tall buildings with a single bound. He was faster than a speeding bullet and more powerful than a locomotive. And uh, he could fly and all of that. And I would watch that and be enamored at my superhero, Superman, you know. But I knew that I couldn't go faster than a bullet. And I was no way going to try to stop a train. And there's no way I could fly. But he was one of my heroes. And I liked watching that. But another program I liked was Robin Hood. You remember watching Robin Hood? Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding in the glen. Him and his band of men and Robin from the, the bad and giving to the good, Robin Hood. He was a hero. And uh, when watching Robin Hood, well, I could do the things he did. I could sword fight. We'd get out there and we'd get sticks or something and we'd get out there and we'd sword fight. I could shoot a bow and arrow. You know, I could wrestle with somebody with a knife and, you know, just plastic knives. We could do that stuff. So I would emulate Robin Hood. And we would go out there and, you know, how Robin Hood and his men, they would hide in the trees and they would jump down at the sheriff of Nottingham or they would jump down and rob somebody and things like that. I could emulate that. One day I was up in a tree down at the end of our street. And it was a big tree and there was a limb that hung out over there, a big limb. And I was sitting on that limb, and I saw coming down the sidewalk three girls. Now, one of those girls I kind of liked. I'd like to get to know her a little better. So in my head, I'm thinking, now, when they get close, I'm going to do what Robin Hood's men did. They would just be sitting on a limb, and they would fall over backwards and flip and stand on their feet right in front of the people. I thought, that's a great idea. Bad decision. They got a little closer, and sure enough, I got prepared, and when they got right where I thought I could land right in front of them, I flipped off that limb. About four hours later, I woke up, <laughs> laying on the couch in the house, and I had no idea what had gone on. Well, I do now. That was a bad idea. We've all made some bad ideas in our life. I remember when I was in college, you'd think, well, you get to be in college, you're a little smarter, you know. So, in, <laughs> so I'm in college, I'm in my second college, and I'm going to college there, and there's uh, some, one of my buddies, and his, his car broke down, and uh, it just wouldn't start. And so we had to push it to get it started, you know, but you had to get it up, it was a stick shift, and you had to get it up to a certain amount of speed, and so we were going to use another car to push that car and get it up to speed, back off, then it would wave, and we'd back off, and then he'd put it in gear, and and get that thing going, you know. You've done, how many of you have done that before? All right, so you know what I'm talking about. But the problem was the bumpers didn't match. So I said, well, I've got a good idea. i got strong legs. I'll get in between the cars, and you can go. And Yeah, bad idea. The guy waved. The guy stopped. What was I to do? I hit the ground. I rolled. I remember seeing the tire about this far from my face. I read Goodyear on there. I thought, 
a bad year for me. <laughs> We've all made some bad decisions in life. But you know, we can look back, hopefully we can look back and say, yeah, but I've made some good decisions. Let me tell you about one of the best decisions I made. I was just a kid. I was five years old. My grandfather was a pastor, a preacher in Riverside, California. And he preached a sermon. I don't even remember what he preached on, but I came walking down an aisle just like that one there, and I came down at the invitation, and I knelt down. And my grandfather came down and knelt beside me and opened the Bible and explained uh, the, what it really meant to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And I made a good decision that day. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was five years old. About seven years later, I was in the, going into the seventh grade. I was in the seventh grade and 12 years old. And I went to a youth camp. And at the youth camp, a missionary got up and a missionary preached. He was from Japan and he preached about the need of missionaries in Japan and how that those people were worshiping idols and how that their religion was false and how that they were going to die and go to hell without Christ. And when he finished his sermon, I came walking down the aisle in that, uh, at that youth camp, Hume Lake Baptist Youth Camp in, in California, and I knelt down there and I gave my life to serve Jesus Christ. And that was a good decision. Now, have I had times since then where I've wavered up and down a little bit? We all have that. We do. But generally speaking, I've given my life to the Lord. And at that point, I said, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary. I had no idea what the Lord wanted in my life. But I made the decision, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to make a difference with my life. And that was a good decision. And I look at my family and I look at my kids who are all loving the Lord, serving the Lord. They're all saved and on their way to heaven. And all of my grandchildren that, I, that, that are of the age of accountability that I know of, as far as I know, they're all saved and on their way to heaven. And we're going to have a great reunion up there. And that's because way back there I made a decision to receive Christ and a good decision to serve God. I want to talk to you about that a little bit in Joshua chapter 24 in just a moment. But before we look there, I want to give you a little insight of back in Deuteronomy. You're familiar with Moses and how that Moses had brought the people through the promised land or to the promised land, brought them out of Egypt and gone through all that wilderness journey and all of that. And Moses was preparing to leave this life. And God had already told him that Joshua now was going to take over the leadership of the people. And so Moses is preparing the people. And he begins to talk to them and he reflects and he goes back and he says, look what the Lord has done for us. And he begins to show how God has kept his promises, the promises that he gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now the promise of bringing the people back out of Egypt and back to the promised land. And look at how God has worked and he divided the Red Sea and he's given us uh, water from the rock. And he went through the different things, talking to the people, encouraging the people. And he comes to this point, and I'll read to you from Deuteronomy what he said. He said this in Deuteronomy, I, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish if you don't follow the Lord and so forth. He says that. And I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Moses said, I'm sitting before you, good and bad, right and wrong, life and death. He said, choose life. Make a good choice. Make a good decision here 
so that not only you can be blessed, but your children can be blessed also. Now, if you're in, in uh, Joshua 24, let's stand. We'll read a couple of verses. If you're able to stand, stand with me. And uh, I would like to read the whole charge here, uh, but we won't, we won't read through it all. But it would be good to just read this entire charge. Just look in verse 1, Joshua 24. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood. And he begins again to rehearse from Abraham all the way down through what had gone on and how God again, uh, Joshua now, is giving the same type of a, a review that Moses had given. Moses gave that review because he was getting ready to go off the scene and turn things over to Joshua. Here in Joshua 24... Joshua has led the people into the promised land. They've won some great victories and great battles in taking the promised land, but now he is getting ready to pass off the scene. And so he says, remember what the Lord has done for us. Remember how he has blessed us. Remember his power. Remember how that uh, when we follow him, we are blessed. And when we got away from him, uh, we were cursed. He said, remember that. And he comes down <clears throat> to uh, verse 14. Now, therefore, here's his challenge. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. Do it with your whole heart. And in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now, it's a challenge to them. Look what God has done. Look what he's able to do. Look at his power. Look back and review all that. And now you need to make a decision to serve God. From here forward, he said, I'm going to be leaving you. But you need to serve God. Look at verse number 15. And he goes on, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just as he challenged those people there to say, I'm going to serve God. I want to challenge you with the same challenge. Serve God. Make the right decision today. Father, bless in this time together. We ask that you would be honored and glorified. May your spirit speak to our hearts and help us to respond right in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This thing of, of serving the Lord, we're in this series, Pastor asked us to continue in the series of intentional living. And he talked about intentional giving. We're talking today about intentional serving, making a decision, choosing to serve the Lord. That's what Moses said, choose life, follow God, uh, make that right choice. And that's what Joshua says, make a decision, make a decision, a definite decision that I'm going to serve God intentionally, intend on it. And so we need to pray about it. Pray, God, what would you have me to do? We need to plan for it. Decide, okay, if I'm going to serve God, what needs to go out of my life? What needs to come into our life? And we need to make some plans on it. And then we need to step out and do whatever it is that he would have us to do. We need to decide, number one, to serve God. We need to make a decision. I'm going to serve God. It doesn't just happen by accident. 
Your pastor did not just become a pastor by accident. He didn't wake up one day and say, well, I think I'll go start a church. No, there was a lot of preparation that went into that. There was a lot of work that had to be done in his life, in his heart, and to get him to the point where he was able to do what God is using him to do. But he had to have that decision, that point back there where he made a decision, I'm going to serve God. Here I am, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he made that decision, and he stepped out and began to serve God. And we need to realize that it is a choice to whether we serve God or not. We have a lot of choices of who we'll serve. He said there, the gods of your fathers are the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. We can choose who we're going to serve. We can choose to serve the flesh. Whatever this old flesh wants, we're just going to go after it. We can choose to serve the world. We can choose who we're going to serve. God says, choose life. Choose God. Choose to serve God. Choose to put him first. It's a free choice. It's a smart choice. And it's a blessed choice when we choose to serve God. Jesus said to his men, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. A fisher of men, of course, he's talking there about winning souls to Christ. Witnessing, seeing people saved, seeing their eternal destiny change from heading to hell to heading to heaven because of the faith they put in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so we see that as we, as we look at this thing of deciding, Jesus said, follow me, and those disciples had to make a choice. Or am I going to follow him? We have the same choice to make on a daily basis. Are we going to follow him? Jesus said in another passage in Matthew 24, no man can serve two masters. For he will love the one and hate the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, mammon being possessions, things of the world. You can't serve both. You've got to make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Joshua said, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. He said, I hope you'll make that same decision. What are you doing of eternal value? Are you winning souls? Are you... Uh, being used by the Lord? Have you had that time in your life where not only you trusted Christ as Savior, but you said, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to be profitable in your sight. I want to be able to stand before you one day and not be ashamed of a wasted life, but be able to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God has a work for you to do. He chose you to salvation, and you had the choice. Are you going to accept him or not for salvation? And he's also chosen to use you in his work, to labor for him. But you have a choice. Are you going to do that? Are you going to resist him and serve other things? Number two, number one is decide to serve God. Number two is dynamis. That's power. That's the word that's used uh, in in the the Bible about power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus said, you shall receive power. Dynamis, we get our word dynamite from it. It's a a power, a word of power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. God said, you don't have to do it alone. I've got a helper, a helpmate that's going to come alongside and help you. He'll help you witness. He'll help you live a Christian life. He'll help you be that Sunday school teacher. He'll help you make those steps and do those preparations to serve. He's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there, and Jesus said, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to give you a comforter, and he's going to come, and he's going to help you, and he's going to guide you in all things. Listen to this statement. Where the Lord guides, he provides. 
If the Lord lays something on your heart, don't say, I can't do that. Get the attitude of the Apostle Paul. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. He wasn't egotistic. He didn't say, I can do all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. If Christ strengthens me, I can do it. Listen, if God calls you to serve him, if God lays it on your heart to do something for him, whether it's in the church, through the church ministries, if it's outreach, if it's in your neighborhood, if it's where you work, and God lays it on your heart for you to do that, where the Lord guides, he provides. He's already working on the other side as he's working in your heart. He's preparing uh, those others for what he wants to do. And so the Holy Spirit is there and he's there to help us. He's the one who calls us calls us to salvation, and he also calls us to active duty, to be active in this thing of serving God. Are you active in serving the Lord? Or do you just come to church and sit in the seat and say, well, bless me now, here I am? Or, or, or do you really have a heart, sincere attitude that you want God to use you, that you want to be on the team, not just a spectator? I played sports when I was growing up. I played football in high school. I played uh, college basketball. And I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot more fun down there playing than just be setting up in the stands cheering. Oh, I like watching the games and so forth, and, and it's good to cheer. But man, it's much more exciting when you're down there on the floor missing shots. I'm excited because I know I'm going to get yelled at by the coach. But anyway, we want to be down there. We're going <laughs> to, by the way, you, you miss 100% of the time if you don't shoot. Do you know that? One of the best hitters in baseball was Babe Ruth. You know what other record he held? Strikeout. He was a strikeout king. But he kept swinging, and that's how he got all those home runs. And you and I are going to strike out sometimes, and once in a while we're going to miss, but we're going to miss everything if we don't try. If we don't say, Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, where would you have me to serve? What can I do for you? What can I do of eternal value? I don't want to go into heaven empty-handed. And so we need to be active. We need to realize that God has called us to be ambassadors. He's told us that we are to be co-laborers with him, working together with one another and working with him. We are designed to serve. And we must live each day with a purpose to serve the Lord. The Holy Spirit calls us. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. He's called many, but few are chosen because only few are responding and saying, yes, I'll go. You know what? We need a whole lot more preachers of the gospel. We need more missionaries going out there. We need more Christians going out and knocking on doors and telling people about Christ. We need more Christians with uh, tracts in their pocket, handing them out to people with the gospel on them. The, the Bible is very clear to tell us that God wants us to do these things, but we need more people to say, okay, I'll do it. Decide, I'm going to serve God. Decide, and then when you decide, the Holy Spirit will come in, and he will call, not only call you to do it, but he will enable you to do it. Paul and Barnabas were called because the Bible says, as they were serving, as they were ministering, just get busy for God in the church. Get busy doing what you can do, using your talents and abilities for the Lord. And as you do that, as you serve the Lord here, he'll lay his hand upon you and he'll call you to do something special, something that's above and beyond, something that you would say in your human, in your human mind. Start thinking human, I'm talking like David. He said romance, okay? In your human mind, we say, I can't do that. Well, <laughs> I can't do that. 
a thought comes into your mind and you think, wow, boy, it'd be neat if I could do that, but I can't do that. You're right. You can't do that. But with God's help, you can. If God lays it on your heart, if God puts a calling on your heart to do something for him, you can do it. So get busy for God doing what you can do here, and then he will empower you and he will enable you. Spiritual work requires spiritual resources. And that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit of God. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he is ready and willing to empower us to do whatever he wants us to do. Ye shall receive power, Jesus said. The Bible says the disciples turned the world upside down. How did they do that? It's because they had a power source and it was the Holy Spirit. I read a story this past week, within the last 10 days, I read a story of how a visiting pastor walked into a church, and it was a large church, and he walked in there and he, and he looked over and there was a, a fellow over there with a vacuum cleaner. And he was just going up and down and he had his earphones in, listening to music, and you could tell he was just uh, listening to music involved with that. And he's just vacuuming uh, all of that area of the church and stuff. But he thought, boy, that's a strange vacuum cleaner. It doesn't have any sound. And he went over there and he looked at the vacuum cleaner and he'd seen that kind of vacuum cleaner before and he knew it was noisy and he looked over and it wasn't even plugged into the wall. <laughs> there was a guy out there and he's just vacuuming, trying to vacuum and I'm sure he's looking, wondering why his stuff wasn't getting sucked up like it should. But he had not plugged it into the wall or it had come unplugged. You know, if we don't plug into the Holy Spirit, we can't do what God calls us to do. Because, but he gives us the power and we need to plug into the Holy Spirit. We need to yield ourselves to him. We need to ask him. Jesus said, how much more will God the Father give the Holy Spirit to them who will ask him? Ask God to give you that power and that calling and that enabling and he will empower you to witness. If he leads you to witness, and he's going to give you the courage and he's going to give you the words. If he lays it on your heart to be a teacher, he's going to help you to have those communication skills to be able to do that. If he lays it on your, your heart to give and to give not only tithe but offerings and give in missions, if he lays it on your heart to do that, he will enable you and he will give you financial blessings to be able to do that because where he guides, he provides. And where he leads, he's going to take care of you in helping you to fulfill what he wants you to do. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. He wants us to serve him, and he, the Holy Spirit, will work in you and through you if you will allow him. The Holy Spirit of God will give you boldness. Sometimes you think, well, I, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't stand in front of a, a class. I couldn't stand up in church and sing a solo. I couldn't get up and give my testimony. I just, I, I just don't have that. I, I can't go out and talk to people about Jesus. I, I'm not, I don't have the courage. Listen, the Holy Spirit of God will give you the boldness. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that uh, when they prayed, the place was shaken and they all spake the word of God with boldness. In Acts chapter 5, the enemies of the church, they came and they arrested uh, the apostles and they put them in prison and they brought them back out and they said, now listen, we're commanding you, do not talk anymore in this name of Jesus Christ. And they sent them away and they went to church and they prayed. And they said, God, give us boldness to speak the truth. And they went out and God gave them boldness. And they turned the world upside down. The then known world all heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit wants to use you to do his work and to do his will and to serve him intentionally. Say, I'm going to serve God. 
He gives us a spirit of unity. You're not in it alone. You've got other brothers and sisters to work together. You have a pastor to help you. You have other leaders in the church who will come alongside you and help you. I was talking to Dalton here just a few minutes ago. He's out there with Job Corps and at the beginning of the service, how's your week going? He said, uh, went over to Yakima and uh, did some cement work and stuff. I said, oh, they're training you over there. He said, no, he says, just something we do. And I said, I explained to him, I said, when you're in the classroom, they teach you how to do stuff. But when they take you and they get a hands-on thing, they are training you. There's a difference between being taught and being trained. Some of you have been taught how to win a soul to Christ. You've gone through the scriptures and you know Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23 and Romans 10.9 and 10 and Romans 10.13. You know the scriptures to go to. You might even have it marked in your New Testament and things like that. And you know what to do, but you've never been trained. You've never gone outside of the church. You've never gone out with somebody and done it. Maybe you need some training. Well, there's people to train you. There's people to go with you. There's people to help you to learn how to tell people about Christ, how to share your faith with others. And so these are things that God says, I want you to do it, and I've got tools for you in place to help you do it. But you need to intentionally say, God, I want to serve you. Lord, where can I fit in? What can I do? Lord, where would you have me to go? And so Paul made a good choice. He chose to go and to serve. And God used him in a remarkable way. The Apostle Paul was a remarkable man. And we look at him, we say he was one of the key characters of the New Testament. In the whole Bible, he's one of the key characters that God used. He used a man to start so many churches and to give us the New Testament. And that's all because he yielded himself. There came a day, you know the story, Acts chapter 9. He was on his way to persecute Christians. And all of a sudden, Christ appeared to him. And you know the story there on the road to Damascus where he fell off of his horse and he fell on the ground. And he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And we need to come to that point. Not only being saved, saying, Lord, save me, but also saying, Lord, use me. Lord, what would you have me to do? And when we say that, the, the Lord God of glory gave his Holy Spirit, his word, and the helpers in the church to help guide us as to what the Lord would have you and I to do. Now, not everybody has the same talents and abilities, but we all have, we all have opportunities to serve God, and we all have a direction from God to serve him, and we need to make up our mind that we're going to serve God. Well, how do I do that? We serve God by serving others. We serve God by serving others. Get your eyes off of self. Get your eyes off of what you can't do. Get your eyes off of your inabilities and put your eyes back on what God has done through the lives of others. What he's done for others, the songwriter said, he can do for you. He's forgiven others, he can forgive you. He's empowered others, he can empower you. He's led others to do great and mighty things. He can use you to do the same thing if you are willing and intentionally say, Lord, here I am. How can you use me? Jesus said, you need to just reach out and deal with others. Jesus said this, insomuch as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it also unto me. You see, when we reach out to others, and we do the work of God, we're a blessing to God because God has given us that command to do that. And we are serving the Lord by serving others as he directs us. Now, to serve God takes humility. 
means saying, well, I can't do it on my own. That should be pretty easy for us to recognize that. To serve God and to serve God intentionally and effectively, it takes self-sacrifice. It means I'm going to not listen to the flesh and not do what I want to do. I'm going to do what God wants me to do and what he leads me to do. It, it takes obedience, obeying the Lord and the work of the Lord and the things of the Lord. It takes a caring heart, a heart that says, I care about the souls of others. I care about my neighbors not going to hell. I don't want my grandchildren to go to hell. I don't want people that I work with to die and go to hell. If I have the cure for their sin, boy, I want to I help them. How can I do that? It takes a caring heart to say, I'm going to send extra money. I'm going to sacrifice. And I'm going to give extra so that these missionaries who have, de have decided to give their lives and go to another field, and they've given years of their life to train, and now they're uh, going to leave their family. They're going to leave their home, and they're going to go all the way over to another country with the gospel of Christ. And I care. I care about those souls that I've never seen. I care about those souls whose skin is maybe a different color than mine, whose uh, generations above them have a whole different heritage than I do, but I care about their eternal soul. And because I care for them, I'm going to give. I'm going to give of my, uh, uh, of my income to missions. I'm going to give so that others can go. I'm going to care. Looking through their eyes, what if it was you? What if it was you who was sitting over there in darkness and you'd never heard the name of Jesus? Wouldn't you want somebody over here to care? Wouldn't you want somebody over here to sacrifice? Wouldn't you want somebody over here to do without that Starbucks coffee or something and uh, without that extra meal and, and care enough to give so that the missionary could be there with the gospel of Christ? One uh, prophet, Jeremiah, he wrote this. He said, I sat where they sat. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. He's the one who wrote the book of Lamentations, lamenting. He said, I sat where they sat. Have you ever put yourself in their position? Boy, no wonder Jesus, uh, Paul told us that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. I'd rather be on the giving end. I'd rather be over here putting some dollars in, a, in an offering tray. I'd rather be over here patting the missionary on the back and say, go do it. I'd rather be the one giving than the one over there waiting for somebody to come and bring the gospel to me. Well, set where they set, see where, what they see, look through their eyes. The parable of the talents, we don't have time to go there, but in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about uh, the man who was going away, and he gave to his servants, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And he came back, and he, he came to that day of reckoning, and he returned and he said to the man that he'd given five talents, what have you done with what I gave you? What have you done with the talents? And the guy said, I've worked with them and I've gained five more. And Jesus said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I gave you five and now you have ten. Well done. Enter in to the joys. And he told him he was a good and faithful servant. He went to the guy that just had two. He said, what did you do? He said, I took the two you gave me and I've got another two. And Jesus, or the Lord, said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. And he went to the one, the fellow that only had one talent. He said, Well, how'd you do? He said, Lord, I only had one, and I was afraid. And I went and hid it and digged it and hid it in the earth. And here's that one you gave me. He said, You wicked and slothful servant. Don't you know I gave you that? I gave you the abilities, I gave you the talents, I gave you the finances, I gave you 
all of the blessings that you had, I gave it so you use it for me. But you've been wicked and slothful. That word slothful means lazy. You didn't do it. And he said, I did it because I was afraid. Jesus said, take the one talent from him and give it to this one that has ten. The old adage says, if you don't use it, you're going to what? If you don't get busy for God, if you don't say, I'm going to serve God, you're going to lose your opportunity. You're going to come a time you lose that opportunity to witness to that loved one. You lose that opportunity to witness to that fella at work. Some of you here could stand and give a testimony and say, you know, I had somebody on my heart. I wanted to tell them. I, I can look. I know a young man by the name of Danny back in when I was in grade school, and God just laid it on my heart to talk to him. It breaks my heart today because God laid it on my heart to talk to this schoolmate. We were only in the sixth grade, but I knew that he wasn't saved, and I knew that God wanted me to witness to him, but I was afraid, and I didn't know exactly how I would do it, and so I put it off, and we had Easter vacation. We came back from Easter vacation, and Danny was dead. Sixth grade, they'd gone hunting, and he stood up with somebody who was shooting at a rabbit, and they shot him right in the head. And my friend Danny is in hell today because God laid it on my heart, but I was afraid and I didn't tell him about Jesus. And I lost that opportunity. And some of you can give some testimonies. That's a terrible testimony to have to give. And some of us, we're going to miss out on those opportunities because we don't intentionally say, God, I don't know how you want to use me, but God, here I am, just use me. The old prophet said, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, I'll do it. The Bible says that God looked for a man to stand in the gap, but he couldn't find any. What a terrible thing. God's looking for somebody to teach a, a Sunday school class here. God's looking for somebody to help drive the bus route. God's looking for, for you to fit in and to serve him somewhere. Are you going to answer the call? The Holy Spirit will help you if you'll do it. I want you to think of this and we'll be closed. He wants to not only uh, help us, He's not only waiting for us to make that decision, but he also wants to direct us in how we do it. How do we do it? By helping others. Serving others. How do we serve others? An old proverb said this, miracles happen after the plow. Miracles happen after, it's after the plow, after all the work goes in, then the, the harvest comes up. If you want to see God work in your life, there's going to have to be some work in your life. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to make that decision. You're going to have to decide, I'm going to invest in others. I'm going to start helping others. And you need to intentionally start building bridges between you and some of your workmates or some of your classmates or some of your neighbors. And you need to start doing some things. We got a particular neighbor who uh, uh, really the first time I talked to this neighbor and gave them a tract. They said, I don't want anything to do with that. They even put a sign on the door, leave me alone. <laughs> okay. And uh, just this week, that neighbor came to me and said, I apologize to you. And told me the story and so forth. Said, you're not like that. And, and I thank you for what you're doing. You see, people's lives can change if we don't get offended by what they do or by their reaction. But we just are kind and nice to them anyway. We don't force ourselves on them, but they know we're there and they know we're real and they see the sincerity of our heart and God allows us to build that bridge and now there's going to be opportunity to really minister there. 
And God can do that in all of our lives. Offer help when needed. Somebody's moving something. Help them carry it in. Somebody's sick in the house. Man, make some chicken noodle soup. A new neighbor moves in. Take them some cookies. You've had a fight with the neighbor. Go over and heal that thing up and have some forgiveness. And, and make those bridges uh, so that you can talk to them about the word of God. You've had some family problems and maybe somebody's gone away from the family and maybe they're all upset with you. Man, try to do your very best to humble yourself and do whatever's necessary to get that relationship right so you can tell them about the Lord and help them toward the Lord. Oh, listen, whatever it is, it's through church ministries. We can serve God through the ministries of the church. We can serve God through our neighborhood. We can serve God at work. But what it takes is intentionally saying, God, what would you have me to do? Making the decision, making the good decision is going to bear fruit in your life here and fruit in eternal life. Make that decision. Not only just trust Christ as Savior, but also to serve him. Lord, what would you have me to do? Where can I serve? Where do I fit in? Make that decision today. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want you to stand with me as we pray. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if God's spoken to your heart in any way, just slip out right now while we're going to pray. You come down and talk to the Lord about whatever he has in your heart. Have you been serving him? Do you have rewards laid up in heaven? Are you working for those things that are eternal? If not, why not? Why not today make that decision? He'll help you with it. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He will empower you if you'll say yes. Just slip on out and find a place to pray here. Father, I ask that you give victory in this invitation now. Speak to hearts. Thank you for the decisions already being made. And Lord, help us to make the right decision today, the good decision. Lord, we make so many bad decisions. Don't, help, don't let us make a bad decision today. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't say no to your spirit or no to your leading. Help us to say yes today. Yes, Lord, yes to your will and to your way. Give victory in this invitation. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.